Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. Right, first up, we're talking about how to replenish that emergency fund. And obviously, if you don't have an emergency fund, you need to be thinking about having one because, you know, we've just had so many rainy days in the last year. It's been really tough. If you had a bit of savings and you dipped into it, it's so understandable. But how do we actually replenish that? How do we keep that going in order to cover ourselves for more rainy days that may lie ahead? Remember, if you have any questions, I'm going to be talking to personal finance expert Eunice Sabia in a short while and if you have any questions for her, if you want to understand the emergency fund and even if you have any comments or experiences that you want to share give us a call the number 086-00-00959 you can send us a whatsapp on 063-688-0959 on twitter you can tweet us on Kaya FM on air or Kaya FM 95.9 a very very good evening to you, Eunice. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Good evening, Sumitra, and, and good evening to all the listeners at home. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. So, Eunice, you know, it's always a tough topic talking about that those emergency funds, especially after the year that we've had, and we're still going through quite a bit at this point. I mean, how do you firstly define an emergency fund? An emergency fund is, is your backup fund. Mm-hmm. A fund, a pool of funds, I'll call it that, that is mainly set aside for rainy days. And you could have titleless rainy day fund, and you could have an emergency fund, but that has a project in mind and timeline. So so we can all put this under emergency funds, but it, it, is, it is those savings or investments that, that you set aside and you continue contributing towards so that should the kettle break at home, Mm-hmm. You have a pocket of funds to run into or to tap into. Should an emergency of any nature, um, obviously unplanned or unwelcomed, happen, you do not find yourself stranded in trying then, you know, calling around or maybe even creating debt yeah. uh, to, to, to service or to take care of that emergency that would have happened. But I'm, I'm saying deliberately that we could also say in an emergency fund, you could start putting money away for for some projects that are, are forthcoming. And so your, for instance, sorry. And your emergency fund would be separate for, you know, as you say that you could have different savings towards goals. Your emergency fund needs to be separate from all your other savings, right? Your emergency fund needs to be separate from all your other savings. So save for specific goals or set a specific projects, but have an emergency fund that you hardly ever tap into mm-hmm. so that should anything un- un- unforeseen happen, then at least you have that pool of funds that you've been setting aside and has been growing gradually um, along, along, along the way. And, and there's a word I'm looking for, and it just, it just ran away. <laughs> but but the, 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 the rule of thumb, Sumitra, mm. uh, in, in, in trying to calculate the, the emergency fund in terms of how big or how small or how safe that amount should be. Yeah. Some say it should be at least a minimum of three months salary um, put away in, into that fund. So you can easily calculate that what is your net income per month. Mm-hmm. That multiplied by three is the minimum healthy amount 
that you can accumulate and start building on top of that. And how that calculation came about is, if you earn 15,000 rand a month, I'm just making an example, that is net, and you build up up to 45,000 rand, you at least could say that your reserves are a little bit healthy, all right? So if anything happens, you have maybe three months worth of salary to take you through um, maybe more than three months because now when a crisis hits, you will not then go, you know, wild or uh, make it business as usual um, with that pool of funds because then you know that perhaps later you've, you've lost your job mm-hmm. or you're working short time or something. So from that 15000 this is when you need to shave it off as much as you can to make sure that that 15000 rand lasts you longer than um, on a normal month, if, you, if I'm making sense. Yeah. So if if you're collecting this money, right, if we talk about the three times uh, the net salary, you're looking at 45,000 rand that you've put away and you kept it there. Where should one be keeping it? Because often people want to look for the best interest. They want their money to grow as well. But sometimes emergencies uh, just happen and you need the money ASAP so you can't actually get into like, a, you know, a call account. Where should one be keeping it? So before we, 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 we entertain the way in terms mm-hmm. of the type or names of products, there are, there are four points that I've jotted down that we need to be very, very um, um, cognizant of. And these are, yes, you've mentioned that we always want the highest interest-bearing account or mm-hmm. interest-yielding account. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that. So you want your money to grow and grow you know, faster, right? So you look for your highest uh, interest-bearing account. Mm-hmm. Another point is you look for growth opportunity. So interest is one of those um, contributing factors towards uh, giving you money some growth, healthy growth. Um, but there's risk that we need to be very, very careful of. So the risk in terms of the products that you choose, mm-hmm. how risky is it? And you as an individual or your circumstances, how much risk are you comfortable to take or can you even take? Your age is a determining factor. Mm -hmm. The setup of your household is a serious determining factor. Mm -hmm. So if I have small children and I need to be putting uh, tertiary money away for them, for an example, I need to be very careful in terms of the investment vehicle or type of account that I choose because that is long-term investment. There's there's going to be turbulence uh, on the journey, throughout the journey of my investment, but I need to know what type of turbulence um, that, that is in line with the type of investment that I that I choose. You have shares, you have stock, you have bonds, you have all type of, of different accounts. So my risk appetite should be in line with my situation. How much my situation, how much risk can my situation take? And and, and lastly, is the type of account, um, not the type of account, the, the service provider or the, the financial institution that I invest my money in. How solid is that institution? How long has it been around? Mm-hmm. How has it been performing? Do I have um, account managers, for instance, or fund managers that, that are constantly looking uh, at the growth and performance of this institution? So these four points, we need, we need to keep them in mind. There are more other, other uh, factors, determining factors that we can, we can look into, but it's these four. The, the interest rate, which is attractive in most cases, we always want the highest, but that comes with risk. And assess your risk, appetite, and risk uh, situation. Um, age is a determining factor. The setup of the, of the, of the household debt, Sumitra, is also, uh, it, it comes into, into the risk. Mm. 
sector mm. and also then the type of institution that I am investing into, how solid and stable is that institution? How has it been performing um, in the last three, five, ten years? Because that will at least give me comfort yeah. that it is a stable, a stable institution. If you've just joined us, we're talking about how to rebuild your emergency fund. How do you, if you don't have one, how do you actually build one? And if you've depleted your savings, how then do you actually replenish those savings in order to cover yourself for any eventuality that may happen, anything that may pop up, whatever crisis may come up so that you have some funds. If you have any questions for Eunice Sabia, she's a personal finance expert, give us a call, the number 86 Eunice, I I think what you mentioned in there is very important is determining I think what exactly you would need in that emergency fund or what you would need it for now I know you can't actually predict what can happen but I think uh, you know trying to understand as you say your family your household anything that possibly could happen i think that's the most important is determining what this emergency fund is for for instance if you have children any if you don't have medical aid or you don't have enough funds in your medical aid if one of the children happen to get sick that becomes an emergency so that might be your priority the next person might have something different very true very true. And another another factor that we need to keep in mind, as Sumitra, you're reminding me, is mm. the term. Okay? Yeah. The term yep. that uh, you wish to put your money away for. And how, how liquid is it? So it's the term versus the liquidity. So if I put my money in, into a long-term kind of investment, maybe a six-month fixed deposit account, I'm making an example, mm-hmm. and in, the, in, in month three, an emergency erupts. So, so I'm going to have an issue of, of now trying to negotiate to have my money uh, released before the maturity date because the penalty is there. Yeah. So, so what, what this then dictates is we need to diversify the, the pocket or the vehicle into which we, we deposit our money so that they, not all your funds are in one basket that could be very too liquid, mm. that it is easily available. And we know that the more liquid the account, um, the lesser the interest rate because there's no stability in there. You can just come in in the morning and zip it all out. So the, the financial institution is unable to go and, and, and invest the money on your behalf into a, 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 a better interest-bearing account because if it's liquid, you can just need it, come in and need it at any time. But from, from middle to long-term uh, investments, then the institution is able to go and invest into bigger uh, uh, interest-bearing accounts. But then if that is, is not in line with, with your situation, it might also become a challenge. Mm. So it is better to diversify. But another another underlying um, factor, uh, uh, Sumitra, is mm. before I seek for investment vehicles, I need to have sat down and look at myself, my financial situation and my needs. So I split up the, 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 the pool of funds, I split it up into short, medium and long term investment which will be in line with my short medium and long-term financial plans or my goals so these should should go hand in hand i cannot have a short-term need and i take the money and put it into a locked um, vehicle or long-term uh, fixed deposit account or any type of investment investment so yeah. the, the, the short medium and long-term financial plans and goals must be matched by short medium and long-term type of investment that will then, you know, be in sync mm. with, with, with my needs, my financial needs. Yeah, absolutely. Often, 
often consumers make this mistake that when we approach financial institutions, we, 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 we mention or we, we, we demand certain products by name. Mm. Maybe I know Sumitra has a, a money market account, investment account at Bank X, and she's happy with it. So when I have money, I've raised enough money, I then go to my bank and also request a, a, a money market investment account. There's nothing wrong with that type of account. I'm just making an example. Only to realize later that actually maybe that type of account isn't best suited for me and my financial needs or my goals. So it's best to have a conversation with a consultant yeah. to say, These, this is my situation, these are my dreams, these are my timelines. Mm-hmm. This is the amount of money that I have. It could be bulk, uh, not a bulk. It, it could be a lump sum, mm-hmm. or it could be a lump sum with a future contribution. So explain that to 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 the bank official or the the, the investment official. They will then, together with you, obviously with your input, assess ultimately come to the perfect uh, product for you. But if you go in and say, "I want product X," they will give you product X because. If you come and, and request it that way, to them it sounds like you already know what you're looking for. You've done your research, you've done your homework, you're happy, you want product X. And often I have found in, in, in my um, experience that later on to discover that actually that wasn't the case. Yeah. So rather have a conversation, put your, your situation on the table, your desires and everything, then you together with a financial expert, you then decide on, on the account that is most suitable for, you, for your needs and your, 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 your desires. Eunice, the other question that comes up quite often when we're talking about savings is if you have debt that you still need to pay off, maybe Uh a credit card or maybe some store cards and it's holding, Uh you know, you still need to pay it off over a couple of years. Should you be saving separately or should you be paying off that debt? Is it okay to have that emergency fund, that savings separately, and then you slowly paying off that debt? The two are critical. And if we can, we need to entertain both at the same time, parallel to each other. The saving part of it for emergencies and my financial goals, together with or parallel to me trying to cut down and pay off my debt. The, the two should happen. If, if, if it's at all possible, they should happen parallel to each other. So saving should not be um, ignored completely yeah. because we are, we are entertaining um, debt. And, and the other way around. Both can run concurrently. And in my view, I, I prefer that to happen. So if I have 300 grand uh, set aside every month, that is now my, my excess. I look at my debt and I need to decide, is it 200 grand that I take towards debt to kill my debt and save the 100 grand? Is it 50, 50 or is it eight, uh, 40, 60, 40 percentage? I need the, I need to I know the amount of debt that I have and and the, you, you see what makes it interesting with debt, paying off debt to Mitra is most of us are not aware of the interest rates that mm. we are charged on our debt. Therefore, we are unable to prioritize which debt is bigger. Often we think that debt with the highest balance is the biggest debt. You may find that it actually isn't the case, not for everybody. There are people who have say, for instance, a credit card mm. uh, account that is revolving at a very high interest rate. Maybe your limit on your credit card is 20,000 rand, but maybe you are charged uh, 23% per annum on that credit card. It makes that debt very high. Yeah.
right? So, so that kind of information we need. That is why financial education is very critical mm. because it, it highlights the critical factors for you to take into account so that you are able to make an informed decision. Yeah. So, so paying off debt is critical, yeah. but saving and investing is equally critical. It's just as important because, you know, you could be paying off that debt and you religiously paying it every month. But in the middle of that, if an emergency arises, you are paying off that debt and you can't actually access any money there because you're paying off that debt. You would need to dip into that savings. So, Eunice, you, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to say you might find yourself tapping into the debt because there's an emergency. So you've been paying off the debt without any saving on the side. So when an emergency arise, uh, uh, arises, then you, you run back into the debt because you have no backup funds of your own. Which costs you yes. more. I mean, if you're looking at 23% yes. on borrowing money, that's really expensive. So it is actually better to have the savings on the side so you don't actually increase that debt because your interest on that is just growing. So you end up paying... Yeah, you just end up paying for so much longer. So Eunice, if you've... I mean, we've all been through some really tough times. A lot of us, you know, depleted those savings. What then? How do we actually go about replenishing that? How do we get get ourselves back on track and get that emergency fund looking a little bit decent again? First step, and it's a critical question that, that you're asking, because we need, we need to recover. Mm. We need to, to, to mm. backtrack ourselves and start again from the beginning. So firstly, three-month bank statement. Okay. Get three-month bank statements, sit down, have that meeting that we always talk about, that meeting with yourself where you're sober and you have tissues and water next to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're very attentive in the meeting and 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 hold the room by its horns. I know that yeah. meeting isn't going to be pleasant, but it is a meeting that is a must because in that meeting, you're going to identify pen and paper highlighting all your expenses. That meeting allows you to identify your leakages. It allows you to identify wage stages. It allows you to identify unnecessary expenses and, and, and. And the effort of that is trying to release money, trying to cut down on unnecessary expenses. So you label them, you title them, you highlight in different mm-hmm. color pens because this is where you need to start highlighting where you can cut down on expenses. And we're doing this because we want to shave off where mm. we can as much as we can so that we start now having money to, to, to save and put aside. It can be 50 rand. Start off yeah. with a 50 rand. Do not, do not think that 50 rand is, is little. Start off with a 50 rand. It will increase. So that's number one. Number two, then we start, we, we, we realign our budgeting. Sumitra, uh, with mm-hmm. the current situation. You may have lost a job or your partner has lost their job or you may have run into what kind of problems and now maybe you have more debt or whatever the situation is. We need now to refine our budgeting and make it to, 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 to be aligned with, with the situation right now. But also being cognizant to the fact that, one, we can no longer afford or try and avoid to, to take new debt if, if we could help it. Yep. Instead, Try and shave off and start saving mm. because if anything that we've learned from the COVID-19 uh, the lockdown is no emergency fund was enough yeah, for, for, absolutely. for people. Right. So most of them were depleted. So mm. most of us would need to start from, from, you know, from scratch. So this is what we need to do. And time is against us. However much that you've had, you've used um, unexpectedly because it was supposed to last you for quite a longer period. Now you've depleted. So you've got to go mm. and have someone... Say, for instance, you're age 45 and you now have no saving in your name. It's a risk. It's a very high risk because then it's going to be very volatile. 
towards you know creating new debt and starting up um, on, on opening new loans and stuff like that. So now we need to actually be more disciplined and tighten the belt even tighter. I don't know. We're going to look like moths or something. Well, you know <laughs> what? We, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do that. But this this is so important must. for us, giving us the tools. Eunice, do you have more points? Because I want to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to go through the rest of the points very quickly with you. We can take a break. Okay. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we talk to Eunice Sabia a little bit more about how to replenish that emergency fund. And it is so critical at this point. Stay with us. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome back. We're wrapping up with Eunice Sabia, personal finance expert, and we're talking about how to rebuild your emergency fund. Just before the break, we were talking about some of the ways you can actually replenish this fund. And we spoke about, you know, having that really, really tough conversation, pulling out the tissues, going through the three months bank statements, assessing your financial situation, and then looking at budgeting realistically, realigning the budget, and also the time factor. Eunice, take us through the rest of the points very quickly before we wrap up and just on how to replenish that emergency fund. All right. I've written down some notes that, that mm. I can just share with the listeners and, and some of them is stuff that we know but we really need to put it into practice. First of all, let's acknowledge the situation right now. Yep. We've been through a lockdown. It, it, it created havoc. Our lives are in turmoil. We need to acknowledge that and then we like booster and recollect. <laughs> we cut down on, on, on the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Cut down on, on our expenses. Reshape, you know, reshuffle uh, things. There's this 50, 30, 20 principle um, in terms of split on, on my income. 50, 30, 20. Mm-hmm. And the 50% is for, for your needs, goes towards your needs. 30% towards your wants and, and 20% towards saving and, and debt. Mm-hmm. I think it is time that now we call it 50, 20, 30. Because mm-hmm. 30% now at least can go towards saving and investing to replenish, obviously, uh, that, that we've lost out. Another critical point is now to start looking for opportunities uh, opportunities to earn passive income, uh, Sumitra. It is very critical. Whatever it is that we can do, you start selling, you, you are good at something, you can teach, you can volunteer, you whatever it is that you are good at or an opportunity that you can grab for, your, for yourself to, to be able to earn a passive income, it is about time that we start looking towards yeah. it. You can be rent, sell, to have an extra job or whatever, it is very imperative. Do not gamble for high returns on your investment. Mm. Do not invest your hard-earned money into a shady and, and very pyramid kind of looking type of, of, inve- of, of vehicles. There's, there's very high risk in there and the losses are great. There are people that have scored money, believe you me, yeah. and we know this, but it, it, it is very tricky. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. But we need to cut down on unnecessary expenses. If there is any opportunity of a windfall that may come your way, it could be a bonus, it could be mm. any, you know, a gift or something. Let's now start thinking very wisely about, around those types of money. Yeah. Recalibrate other, other, other financial goals. We, we need to, to refine and fine-tune this. Yeah. Passive income, as we said about recycle stuff or sell stuff. We, we, we have a collection of things that are valuable, but we don't use yeah. them. And maybe, maybe they're not critical. 
at this point in time. I think, it's a, I think it's a total assessment of where you are and what you need to do. And then once you're in yeah. that, you know, once you're thinking about that and you're looking at it, the ideas will come to you. Eunice, unfortunately, yes, unfortunately, we've run out of time. But I think this 50, 20, 30 um, philosophy is something that we need to look at and we need to work with it. Unfortunately, we can't get through everything at this stage. But thank you so yes. much for sharing this insight. I think it's you've given us so much to work with. We definitely have some homework to go and look at how we actually reassess ourselves in order to rebuild this emergency fund or build one if we don't actually have one. Eunice, thank you so much for your time this evening. Go well and we'll chat again soon. My Money and Me every Tuesday from 8 to 9pm on Kaya FM 95.9 Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind Visit kayafm.co.za for more